So you're up 15 points. There's less than six minutes left in the game. There's no way USC could lose to Tulane, right? Right? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you like to watch on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are free, and I really hope you're enjoying the show. Thanks for coming along for the ride. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that red subscribe button. It means a lot. And to those of you who already have, thank you so much. All right. Um, what? the hell just happened um explain to me and i'm gonna i, I look I, the only i'm gonna use a term that pac-12 fans will understand and most college football fans will understand i'm gonna i'm gonna use a slang term here how in the heck did usc coog that game away they cooged it I'm going to tell you how you blow a 15-point lead in just a, in a minute, because that's about how long it took. Um, but first, I want to remind everyone what I said on yesterday's first episode of Locked on USC 2023. If you remember, if you watch the show, if not, go back and watch it. Um, I said I needed a resolution from Alex Grinch, defensive coordinator for USC, to never allow another team to embarrass his defense the way Utah did, as well as some other teams, but to a much lesser extent, uh, ever again. And I'm talking about what the Utah Utes did to USC in the Pac-12 Conference Championship game back on December 2nd, 2022, last year. You'll also remember if you watched the show yesterday, uh, from yesterday's show, that I read from the book of Riley, chapter and verse, 12-2-22, conference championship game. Lincoln Riley made a vow, and he he made this vow just a few days ago, but his, his vow was talking about what happened in the Pac-12 conference championship game. Quote, you know, that football game... We got away from a lot of what we had done well to be in that football game. And we tried to identify the reasons of why that happened and why some of the trust in what we were doing wasn't there, specifically in the second half. And we've, been, and we've tried to learn from it and kind of vowed to be better in this game and to be the team that we were the previous 12 games. In other words, looking forward to the Cotton Bowl. And so that's been a big point of emphasis for us. We certainly vowed to not repeat that again, end quote. Those were Lincoln Riley's words just two days before the Cotton Bowl. Uh-huh. So, <clears throat> we still have not heard from uh, Alex Grinch or his resolution three days now, by the time you're watching this episode, into the new year. And we haven't heard from Alex Grinch following the Cotton Bowl. Um, however, his defense got embarrassed even worse than we thought possible. 
Um, yeah. It, we didn't think it was possible, but it happened. We watched it together, if you saw the game. So back to how you, you lose what should have been an easy victory. First thing you do is you put Mario Williams out there to return a kickoff after your defense just surrendered seven points in less than 30 seconds following a field goal. Excuse me, after settling for a field goal. But it did give you a 15-point lead, lead when you when you when Dennis Lynch kicked that three points. Problem is, you can't give up a touchdown soon thereafter. So after USC gives up the seven points, Mario Williams is back there to retrieve the kickoff, and he's running laterally, and he's attempting to signal for a fair catch. But instead of just allowing the ball to, you know, probably go into the end zone for a touchback, or even better, maybe bounce right, left, however, whichever way you're looking at it on the TV, and go out of bounds and get maybe even a little bit better field position, he's running laterally, he muffs the ball, it goes out of bounds. So now USC gets the start at their three-yard line. Still with me? Good. You're now backed up against your goal line, and you're using a makeshift offensive line that hasn't opened up holes for the running backs pretty much the entire game. And you now try and run the ball, and all you end up doing is you're getting your running back, Austin Jones, tackled in the end zone for a safety. Now your lead is only six points. So now you're forced to, obviously, you have to free kick from your 20, Utah has, excuse me, yeah, flashbacks. <laughs> Tulane now has really good field position. And you're forcing your defense to make a tackle or a stop. And it's something they haven't done all game. And now they give up two fourth down conversions. And to put a cherry on top, you let a tight end beat you over the middle with six, six, what, seven, eight, nine seconds left in the game. That's how you lose. Offensively, you put up 45 points with half of a Caleb Williams, maybe more than half of a Caleb. Um, he, but he wasn't his normal self when he would take off and run. It was very evident. Um, but he still threw for 460 yards and five touchdowns. You controlled the clock on offense for 40 minutes of game time. You won the turnover battle. But you can't tackle or get a stop when you need one. Not one. USC didn't punt in the game. They only forced one punt. That's how you lose to a team that is just, look, I'm not trying to disrespect Tulane, but I'm trying to be as real about this as possible. Tulane's roster has a bunch of players. I would say 80% of that roster is full of players that USC would consider in their recruiting process under normal circumstances. So you're, if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm going to have some hard questions to answer looking in the mirror, because he didn't, he only took three questions after the game. 
get into that maybe a little bit later this week. Um, he did say this was, you know, a maybe one of his toughest losses that he's ever had, he's ever experienced. So to that, I'll say good. It's a learning experience as well. Hopefully, uh, Lincoln will have learned from this experience um, because I, I think maybe he needs to consider what changes need to be made in the off season since he believes this team is close. He, you know, he said this team's so close to, to, you know, we're just this far away and a play here and a play there. Well, how close are we really? How close is your team? Because you only got Caleb Williams coming back, maybe for two years, but let's be real here. He's coming back for another year. Are you going to waste? And I, I, I don't want to say the term, I don't want to, let me rephrase that. Are you going to use possibly Caleb, Caleb Williams last year as a Trojan with the existing defensive coordinator and scheme and talent? Anyways, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster, and they do it for free. So then you're going to add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. That way you can spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it really easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs, they'll help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right. So once again, thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Hey, make sure you check out Locked On Sports today. They're going to have the biggest stories around sports world in 20 minutes or less. Probably talk about this game, the Cotton Bowl that USC lost 46 to 45. Plus, you get instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On Take of the Day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So, I mentioned USC lost the Cotton Bowl 46-45. to They led the game 14-0. They led 28-14. There was really at no point in this game where you felt USC is going to lose this game. Even with as poorly as the defense was playing, you said, hey, you know what? As long as Caleb's out there, they'll get that extra touchdown, those extra points when they needed them. And it didn't happen. Like I said, they cooged it. But it was a team effort. Coaching staff, decision-making. Offense not being able to convert down the stretch. Remember, they settled for a field goal. They also attempted a 52-yard field goal when earlier in a drive. Uh, they went for it on fourth down. I, again, um, I I can continue to pile on the defense, but I, I look, and we know special teams has been 
an ongoing question mark throughout the season. So <clears throat> I think everyone knew USC was lacking in certain areas heading into the season. Going into this game, let's just focus on this game, mostly on defense. But, however, the lack of speed and the physicality on either side of the ball, while it was evident during the season, it was just shoved down our throats against Tulane. I mean, that was hard to watch. Going laterally, sideline to sideline, Tulane had better speed on both sides of the ball. And when it came to making tackles and breaking tackles, Tulane was by far, I mean, this isn't even up for debate. They were the more physical of the two squads. It's my, Your eyes aren't lying. My eyes aren't lying. We both saw it. We all saw it. That can never happen. So the question is, why did it happen? How much of this falls on the coaching staff? But how much of it is on, you know, on the talent level? Remember, this is a new coaching staff, so we can't go back to, oh, this is Clay Helton and his group. Yeah, there was a there was a holdover, a couple of holdovers, Dante Williams being one. Um but there was an infusion of some talent, obviously not enough. The culture changed. We saw it. We felt it. You could hear it. It was noticeable throughout the season. I mean, they won 11 games. Let's, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's see the let's see the trees through the forest. They were 4-8 and eight last year. They're 11-3 and three to finish 2022 season. Yeah, they're ending on a two-game losing streak. Nevertheless, the culture did change. However, why was there no development, or at least a noticeable improvement from game one to, what is this, game 14? And obviously, I'm, I'm focused on the defense, but I guess you could say the same thing on offense a little bit. There was a lack of consistency. Yes, I am quite aware without your starting center, without your starting left guard, it's going to have, make a difference. Without Travis Dye, it's going to make a difference. Um, but you would you would think you would see an improvement from game one to the end of the season. I'm not sure we really did. We saw Caleb Williams. You know what? And, and maybe Lincoln Riley is smarter than we all are. There's a reason why it was so important for Caleb Williams to play in this game and to play as much as he did. Without Caleb Williams this season, how many losses does USC have? Now, did he play a perfect game against Tulane? Absolutely not. He had the interception. We've seen that type of forced throw interception earlier this, throughout the year. Yeah, we, what was that? It was fifth, sixth of the year, whatever the number is. He didn't have a lot of them. However, he does have a tendency to have a lot of confidence in his throwing arm and well-deserved. He makes throws that very few people can make. However, um, he also was saved in the Cotton Bowl by his receivers. Brendan Rice, uh, mostly, who 
if we're looking for a solid positive besides Caleb, Brendan Rice had probably his best game of, of his career. Uh, what was it? Seven receptions for a hundred and where is that number? Hundred six receptions for 174 yards, two touchdowns. But he was showing some strong hands, snatching balls that, for all intents and purposes, probably the defender should have had it had Brendan not made a better play. So um, kudos. And that's I think that's what everybody was looking for and waiting for from Brendan all season. We'd seen flashes here and there, but by and far, this was his best game. The wide receivers, I thought, were solid. Um, but the running game without Travis Dye, we saw it. We saw Austin Jones have a couple of good games, but you know he's he doesn't do anything particularly well. He's just a solid player. We saw Rayleigh Brown um, flash, but again, to quote the great Keith Jackson, the best thing about a freshman, the next year they're sophomores. Rayleigh Brown has to understand that. He's not playing at modern day anymore. He's playing Division One football, to quote Dan Hawkins. Uh, this isn't an Emeralds, brother. Everybody at this level is going to be good at the D1 level. So you can't rely on on what you think is your is speed to the outside. You you gotta you gotta start trusting your guys up front. Run behind those guys. Um. I know the, the players cared. It sometimes you'll, well, at least most of them cared. You know, when you're watching the game and you're, you're saying, man, there's a lack of effort going on there. Well, after the game, when you see them coming off the field, you can tell who cared and who didn't. Some may, look, some might, you know, carry their emotions better than others. But, you know, for me, it's obviously very noticeable when there's players crying, cursing, you know, kicking the pylons, um, not going over to congratulate the, uh, the the winning team, seeing certain players staring at the field because they know it's the last time they're going to put on the Cardinal and Gold uniform and play a game. And maybe not just, you know, for USC, maybe ever again. Uh, Nick Figueroa. I don't know if he falls into that category of ever playing football again professionally, but he talked after the game about finishing. And he mentioned it enough times during the post game. And I'm not complaining because that he was right. He couldn't shake the loss or even his own personal mistakes that happened during the game. And he wasn't alone. And, and that's the point. Why are veterans making mis the same mistakes in game 14, why aren't they finishing? Why is this team at at the end of the season regressing as opposed to, I don't want to say, you know, developing, looking like they're close to being a championship team? Because offensively, they're going to be fine. Um, you're always going to have a quarterback. You've got, what, Lincoln Riley's now, what, coached three Heismans? Caleb's coming back next year. You got Miller Moss, who you know would love to have seen him get in the game, wasn't able to. Um, and then you, we know we've got Malachi Nelson coming in, and 
with the 2023 class. So you're going to be fine at quarterback. Wide receiver, you're always going to be fine as well. So where's the disconnect? Why isn't the team able to finish? They focus on areas they know they're deficient. Why do those areas continue to be deficient at the most inopportune and crucial times of games? It comes down to, you know, is is the coaching and the players, are they, you hope they're on the same page, but how is the message being delivered and how is the message being received? There's a disconnect. You saw a team like Tulane. Last year, they won two games. This year, they finished with 12 wins. They got the 12th win that USC wanted. That, you know, would have carried forward into the offseason. Okay. So, we got one more segment here before we get out. I want to ask the question. Again, this... Give me some feedback for those of you listening on your favorite, wherever you're downloading your favorite podcast for free, or if you're watching on YouTube, give me some feedback. I want some answers. What do you think? Did the Trojans benefit playing in this meaningless bowl game? And again, in the playoff era, let me, I want to, I want to clarify. The game means nothing if you're not if you don't end up being in first place. Because if you're in second place, you're just the first loser. It's a fact. So in the playoff era, the bowl games, unless they're part of the playoff rotation, bowl games themselves, they're meaningless games, kind of like conference championship games. So what can what can be gained from this game in their loss to Tulane, 46 to 45, where USC, they should not have lost the game. Let's just be honest. They gave the game away. They imploded offensively, defensively, special teams. How's it going to affect their offseason? We know Trojans need help on defense. Okay. Um, does Grinch and, and does Riley's affinity his loyalty to Grinch, is that going to hinder recruiting? Look, I, I can tell you right now, I'm already hearing whispers that uh, recruits, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, they're, they're hesitant to, to come to USC right now. So it's not just about NIL. Let's, be, let's also be clear about that. Um, these are the types of things during the offseason now that Lincoln Riley, again, I go back to it, when he's looking in the mirror, he's going to have some hard questions that he has to answer. He's heard it. There's plenty of shade being thrown out there. He doesn't need to hear it again from anybody, from the media, from the fans. Fire Alex Grinch. He needs to make the decision. Again, we came to USC to win a championship. What do we need to do to get to the next level? Does that include Alex Grinch? Does that include his assistant coaches? Do changes need to be made there? I guess we're going to find out, especially after this game. So, um, look, I'm going to have a lot more to talk about with this game as the week goes on. 
Uh, Locked on USC comes at you five days a week. And uh, I'm not going to waste too much energy and too much emotion here because, again, we got all week to, to talk about this. We'll break it down. I get a given grades. What's the point, right? I'm starting to ramble. Anyways, the football season might be over. However, Locked on USC isn't over. We'll be back again for with another episode tomorrow. And when you're done here, make sure you head over to WeRSC.com. There's going to be a lot of good content over there and a lot of stuff that I can't talk about for free here that I might be talking about over there. But uh, keep checking back here every day for Locked on USC because all your Trojan information you want in 30 minutes or less every day, five days a week.